This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, Value Investors. So the Berkshire Hathaway Annual Meeting is coming up on May 1st, 2021. So if you're listening to this podcast after May 1st, it's already happened. But you know what that means. It means Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, they're back together again on the same stage this year. It will be in Los Angeles. So it's not going to be in Omaha. It's going to be in L.A. Uh, They will be broadcasting it live. Um, and you'll be able to catch all the action. Um, It's going to be on Yahoo Finance again, so be sure to check over there. And it'll be all in the spotlight by the news media. Whatever uh, Warren and Charlie say, we will all see the quotes because for value investors, but for even non-value investors, Warren Buffett is still, still has the Midas touch. He's still the the head value investor kahuna, and he's still the one to watch. So in this time of uncertainty with the global pandemic, I know a lot of people will be tuning in just to hear kind of the reassuring voice of Warren Buffett right now. And also on things such as uh, the bond market, inflation, what does he think about the stock market at these levels? These are questions he's going to get. And yes, I do believe he's going to get asked again about the cryptocurrencies. A year ago, there were no questions that I can recall about the cryptos, but we're in another another dimension on those, as many of you know again. So I'm sure Becky Quick, who's going to be fielding the questions, will be asking at least one if not uh, maybe a couple on the various uh, asset classes here, including the cryptocurrencies. So that's all something to watch. But I've met many investors over the years who've told me that they follow Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway trades like religiously, and they buy when he buys, they sell when he sells. But I've warned over the last few years that Berkshire is now so large, it is constrained on what it can buy. So just a reminder, it mostly has to buy shares of large cap companies when they go to use their cash, simply because they have so many billions sitting there. And yes, it's a, it's a hard thing to have, right? We have so much money, but in order to deploy big chunks of it, they can only deploy into the largest companies. So for example, uh, just last quarter, Berkshire and added Verizon, ticker VZ, and Chevron, ticker CVX. So Verizon is now a 3.2% position, and that has a market cap of $233 billion. Chevron is a 1.5% position in the portfolio, and they have a $203 billion market cap. So no one could be real surprised that these are the stocks that Buffett is now adding. Um, Berkshire currently has 48 positions, but that includes uh, two of its ETFs that it owns for logistics purposes. I don't know what the term would be used for, um, yeah, kind of logistical reasons. So they own VOO and SPY, but that's mainly to pay uh, expenses and like benefits and things to employees from what I understand, or like the retirement funds are in there. I think maybe that's what it is, something like that. It's all, it's like a administrative, that's the word I'm looking for. It's like a administrative purposes is why they own those. So stripping those two out, 
they really have 46 positions currently in the portfolio because they have removed some in recent quarters. And while they bought some, um, they still remain under 50 positions there. So he has bought into some smaller, quote unquote, smaller companies in recent years, but not that many. One of the most prominent ones maybe was when he bought RH, formerly known as Restoration Hardware. It's now called RH, ticker RH. He bought that in the third quarter of 2019. And then he did add again to that position in the fourth quarter of 2020. So he now has an eight and a half percent ownership position in RH. And really, he wants to avoid going over the 10% level on any position in there. Because once you get to 10% ownership, it kicks in a whole new level of responsibility with the SEC and with um, what you have to disclose when you buy and sell shares and things like that. And so he wants to avoid having to disclose anything um, and being under further SEC regulations. So that's why they have that eight and a half percent position. I'm kind of doubtful they're gonna go much higher than that in RH in particular. But because RH um, is relatively smaller, and I say that in quotes again, smaller, it now has a market cap of $15.2 You can see that they didn't have to deploy that much cash really into RH to get this position. Um, and it's just a 0.29% position in the Berkshire portfolio. So not even a half a percent in the portfolio. But he's kind of stuck now. He he can't really add unless he decides to go above the 10%. Um, and so, you know, anything else to have happen with the RH position is basically over now. But it still didn't use much of his cash that's been sitting around there. So um, that's what I said. Like, he's, he's somewhat restricted in buying mostly these large cap into these large cap companies so that he doesn't you know, have a huge position, but he can still use a lot of the a lot of the cash that's sitting there on the sidelines. Um, so again, is he buying any shares in companies with a market cap under a billion? That would be a small cap. And the answer is no. And I don't remember the last time he bought one. Um, I would have to go back and look. It's been a long, long time, right? So if he's going to buy anything with a market cap under a billion, he'd just buy it out completely. He would just say, you know, we're buying it. And that has happened over the years. So Berkshire itself owns some smaller-ish type companies. Um, I'm thinking like Pampered Chef and some like that. And the furniture store, Seas Candy, I'm not sure how large they are. But some of these might be a little bit smaller. But he's just going to buy it outright. He's not going to buy the stock. So that doesn't help those of us who are buying his trades, right? So if you're going to follow Buffett, in on his trades, you have to know what you're getting. So you're going to get Chevron. You're not going to get Magnolia Oil and Gas, ticker MGY, which is a small cap EMP. Um, so it's not not a big oil, but it's a smaller cap EMP, and it's um, you know it's just too small. He's not going to get into any any of these uh, more nimble players like that. So you just have to know what you're getting. Um, and on, say, if he can't add anything more to RH, 
then maybe he will look around to see what else he might be able to buy in the same area if he's interested in just buying into some more shares. Um, but I would still be surprised if he ended up buying into something like a Herman Miller. That's ticker MLHR. I think I've mentioned it on the Value Investor podcast. I own it in the Value Investor portfolio here at Zacks. I love it. They, too, are in luxury furniture, but they also do office furniture. That's their bigger segment. Most people know Herman Miller from that or from its iconic chair. And they do sell the chair um, to the public. You can get that. And they have a market cap of just $2.4 billion. So they are technically a mid-cap now. Um, so even that would not be big enough probably for them to to build any kind of position in. It does pay a dividend, yielding 1.9%. They, they halted it last year during the pandemic, but they brought that back. Um, yeah, Herman Miller is one of my favorites kind of hidden hidden furniture companies, but this would be the type of stock and company that Warren Buffett would love to own or own some shares of, and that 20 years ago he would have been diving in on. But now he is, again, hampered or restricted a little bit more by the sheer size of his portfolio. It's not really going to do much good for Berkshire to buy, you know, 250 million, 300 million of Herman Miller. Maybe. We'll see. Um, are they listening out there? Are you listening, Berkshire? Um, but, you know, it's just not going to move the needle much on his overall portfolio, no matter how good a company Herman Miller is. Uh, so this does put the emphasis on large caps. And um, so let's get back to the question is, should you be jumping in on the trades as long as you, uh, you know, you're aware that he's buying mostly the large caps? Well, he does have a history of buying the well-established but cheap companies. And one of the ones he bought in 2020, in the third quarter of 2020, was AbbVie, ticker ABBB. I've talked about it here on the on the podcast many times because they're dirt cheap with that PE of 8.9. Uh, I've owned that one in, in Zach's Valley Investor Portfolio since 2019. So I was not surprised to hear by the third quarter of 2020 that... Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway did dive into it. It does pay nearly a 5% dividend. It is dirt cheap. It uh, has well-known brand brands um, under its umbrella, including Botox. And so this is the type of company that Buffett throughout his career has loved. And so I'm kind of surprised they haven't taken in even a bigger position than what they have. It's just a 1% position in the portfolio. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see if they bought in any further in the first quarter here. We have not yet heard um, what they bought or sold for the first quarter of 2021. So if you bought, uh, if, if you're buying some of Buffett's big caps to generate income or maybe for that level of safety of, hey, Warren Buffett is buying this and he knows what he's doing then you know I should I can buy two even if I don't know what I'm doing because he does so I'm just kind of following his lead. Um, that's not that's not an awful thing to be doing. I'm not a, the big believer in buying all of his moves as I've said, uh, mainly because of this reason why he does not have any of the small caps anymore in the portfolio and can't really get into any. But if you 
um, want that level of reassurance that he owns it so it's likely to have decent fundamentals, including management and financials that are pretty solid, um, then that is something that you, you know, should keep on, on the sidelines there as a possibility. So there aren't many secret stocks in Berkshire Hathaway's portfolio, although um, there's a couple that maybe people aren't as familiar with as these big ones like Chevron or Verizon. So one of those is Stoneco, S-T-N-E is the ticker there, and they're a Brazilian digital payment company. And so that's this is one of the few that's kind of a little bit out of the normal for Berkshire Hathaway, I'm assuming, and we're all assuming through, since they've been in the stock that it was done through one of the lieutenants and not, not Warren Buffett himself. They've owned it since the IPO, I believe. So um, kind of like a snowflake, the same kind of thing. So these shares um, have soared during the pandemic because the digital payment side of things has been super hot, but they have cooled back and cooled off here in 2021. They're down 16% year to date. And they now have a forward PE, however, of still of 79. So it's not cheap on a PE basis. Um, it was much cheaper when they originally got into the investment and now not so much. And this is a small you know, percentage of the Berkshire port portfolio overall as well. But even this company that's little known is not a small cap. It's uh, still a mega cap with a market cap of $21.6 billion. So even the ones that maybe aren't the household names still are on the big cap side. So again, um, should you follow Buffett's trades? I'm not against it. As long as you know what you're getting into and you know that you're getting into mostly large cap dividend paying stocks, and a lot of old economy. We all know about Buffett's thoughts on technology, but the Berkshire Hathaway portfolio does, does own companies like Snowflake, Stone Co., Amazon, and Apple. So it's not quite as uh, anti-tech as it used to be. Um, but again, I know a lot of people um, feel the reassurance of buying something when Berkshire Hathaway has also bought into it um, because they do their homework, obviously. <laughs> so you feel uh, kind of justified in what you're buying if if uh, Berkshire Hathaway is also in it. So I get that. And again, most of these companies are these big caps and they've been around a while. They're probably not going anywhere and you may get a decent dividend with some of them as well. Um, so, yeah, I've kind of come around a little bit to uh, joining in on maybe buying some of the, the holdings of Berkshire Hathaway, not holding by holding, but some of them, depending on your investment outlook and your goals. Um, but I would use a mixture of what uh, Warren Buffett is doing at Berkshire and, and other things, especially small and mid caps, to, uh, you know, try to generate outsized returns on your own portfolio. And definitely be tuning in to any kind of annual meeting. I mean, both Buffett and Munger are in their 90s now. Not sure how many more of these we're gonna get, but we're still getting them now. So uh, tune in while you can, and I will be too. And I'm sure over the next uh, several weeks, I'm gonna be having 
numerous podcasts about all the wisdom that was shared at this annual meeting and on um, just on the stock market overall. So you want to be sure to subscribe to get all of our podcasts. As you know, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Amazon Music, Spotify, and um, you know, basically anywhere. And let me recap the tickers as well here so that in case you missed any of these, you can go back and um, do your own research and check into these. These are all, well, not, not all of them, but many of these are in the Berkshire Hathaway portfolio. So Verizon, ticker VZ, Chevron, ticker CVX, Restoration Hardware, now known as RH, it's just RH. Uh, Magnolia Oil and Gas is MGY. Herman Miller is MLHR, AbbVie is ABBV, and Stoneco is STNE. And I own RH and AbbVie in my own personal portfolios. Both of those I owned before Berkshire Hathaway, however. So I was not following um, Buffett into those, but I was glad when he followed me into both of those holdings. So yeah, that it can be a reverse effect as well, right? You feel vindicated that you're in the right thing if Berkshire Hathaway buys in. So there's that angle of it too. Um, but we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see if they buy into the Herman Miller. I do not own that one, but my value investor portfolio does. And it would be a good Berkshire slash Buffett type of stock for Herman Miller. Um, but again, be sure to subscribe and I'll see you again uh, next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.